Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we're still waiting on official word about Ryan Jensen, but I can tell you that it doesn't look good, and, and I don't expect him to be available this season. However, if he is... Todd Bowles allowed that at best case scenario would be November, December. So that means the Bucs are going to have a new center in Dallas and we'll need a new backup center presumably as well. And listen, there's a lot of armchair GMs out there and most of you like to uh, make deals on Twitter. I get it or social media. And I've gotten emails to this extent too. So the other day, I think it was, I don't know, probably Thursday or Friday. I, you know, tweeted out, well, NFL Network and uh, I think ESPN maybe to some degree, and different people were saying, don't be surprised if the Bucks uh, are on the phone with J.C. Treader, who's the Cleveland Browns uh, former center, you know, that has like started every game in the last three or four years. He got released uh, for a salary cap move. Eight, $8.2 million is what the Browns saved. And lo and behold, he's, he's a veteran say, uh, center who's you know, if you believe in pro football focus and all these different analytics, you know, is rated pretty, pretty high, like in the top 10 among centers, et cetera. And so the, the, you know, sort of the knee jerk reaction is that, well, uh, before you would play Robert Hainsey, right. Or Nick Leverett, I mean, two guys that haven't played a, a game of center in the NFL in terms of starting, um, surely, with all that's at stake with Tom Brady, you should have JC Treader in here or somebody like him tomorrow. Um, and folks have no patience for, you know, what has happened with Ryan Jensen and why they can't just make that deal. Like why is the dude not on a plane tonight? Right. And all I can tell you is, you know, in, in professional sports, um, we, we all, you know, you, you know, you see the Bucks make a deal for Julio Jones and you see him make a deal for Kyle Rudolph and you see him make a deal for Leonard Fournette a couple of years ago. And, you know, Antonio Brown shows up. And so, you know, it, it becomes sort of as Tristan Wirfs called it, it's like a video game. It's like you're living inside the fantasy football world, um, but it's not fantasy football. And guys get paid an awful lot of money to understand and evaluate these players that they're bringing in here. Uh, for specific roles. And all I can tell you is, you know, when, you know, when you have an injury like Ryan Jensen's and it's, it's obviously not planned or expected, but injuries are a big part of this game. You know, you always have to have an idea of what you would do, right? They signed Ryan Jensen at 31 years old to a three-year contract. Well, it's football and it's the NFL. There was never a guarantee that Ryan Jensen was going to make it to the first week even though you're not anticipating that, but it's certainly a, a possibility. So you've always got to have contingency plans for every position. That's why you have a 53-man roster. And is there a drop-off? Absolutely. You know, there's there's always a drop-off from your starter to, to whoever's behind them because that's why you have starting players in this league. Um, but you still have to account for it. You can't, you know, you don't start training camp saying, gee, I hope we, I hope somebody cuts a center so we can pick them up and, 
you know, if something happens to Jensen, we can pop him in or he can back him up or whatnot. Um, and, and the thing about Treader or and other pay, players like him, if you sign him, A, he's not going to play for free. I don't know what their salary cap situation is, but it's not good. But don't forget, they expect Ryan Jensen to be back at least by next year, and he has two more years on his contract and is one of the highest-paid centers in the league. Um, and then, you know, secondly, um, w- what are you getting? In other words, you don't know the player, okay? So to blindly bring him in here – you'd have to probably guarantee him a starting job. And most people don't do that, right? You don't know the player. You've seen him on film. Um, First, he's not going to play for free. So his contract may say he's the starter. And most people would say, well, at least he's played and the other guy hasn't. I'll take the guy that's played. But would you really? And and that's where it gets into, you know, let let the guys who are paid to do their job, i.e. Jason Light and John Spytek and, you know, all these other guys in that front office. If you like the team they built around Tom Brady, and most people do, <laughs> then then you got to trust them, Derek, that, you know, they know what they're doing um, by not knee-jerking, bringing in a veteran. Now, watch, I'll say this, and then tomorrow I'll be writing a story they right, brought in Jason right, Treader. Right. Then who's the knee-jerk? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we know who the jerk is. I don't know. I'll be getting the knee someplace else. But at the end of the day, I think I know when I, I think I think I know here, as Peter King would say, here's what I think I think. I think the Bucks like what they have more than what they don't have. So we'll see. It's the great, you know, answer to everything. Well, we'll see. But the fact that they have almost 40 days, probably around 40 days before they play a regular season game, um, to put guys like Robert Hainsey and, and Nick Levert and others in the center position um, and understand how hard he has worked and how far he has come um, and that's why you draft guys, you know, but it's amazing to me. And I know it's a small vocal minority of people, but boy, there is some really strong opinions about why aren't they signing a veteran center like yesterday? Well, I'm sure that, uh, everybody that's saying that has a vast extensive knowledge of JC Treader and, uh, knew right. everything, everything there was to know about him before any of this went down. And they've got, uh, many years and, personnel uh decisions apparently yeah <laughs> and watch a lot of film or I maybe guess. not like you say but yeah the, it's kind of obvious and uh, first of all i guess the way you started the show um takes away a little bit of the optimism that they were putting out that maybe it's not a season ending injury but uh, are you like going under the assumption that they 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 got to have quote unquote an answer under that under that possibility or at least that strong possibility that they won't have him at all this year I think that uh, I was told that it would be this week, excuse okay. me, that before they have an answer. And so, you know, I, I listen, if it were good news, we would have heard by now. Sure. Okay. Um, I don't know what, I, I frankly don't know what they're waiting for in terms of the MRI. You hear things about, well, there's swelling in it. Okay. But unless, unless he somehow, you know, escaped what, otherwise look like a catastrophic knee injury in a sense Uh, is it the acl is it the mcl and the acl is it an acl sprain is it a tear is it a partial tear is it a partial mcl like those are the things that none of us have been told um they're acting as if it's probably season ending but they're not willing to say it just yet so this week we'll hear maybe as early as today who's to who knows right but but sooner rather than later because at some point they're going to want his roster spot 
you know, if he's out for the year, they're going to put him on IR and they're going to, you know, make sure they have 90 players in camp and all of that. Um, so I think we'll find out in short order. But no one that I have talked to, even though Bowles said the other day, Todd Bowles said the other day that, well, you know, we're hoping best case scenario, maybe he can come back in November and December. Yeah, that would – I'm trying to think of what kind of knee injury – meniscus, uh, partial tear, like what kind of knee injury would allow a 300 and something pound guy, um, you know, to be out two months and then come back and be able to play. I just, I don't know what that would be based on what I saw and heard on the field. So, um, most people I've talked to, uh, some of whom who have talked to Jensen and again, I don't have anything to report here or I would have written it, but a lot of people think that it's an ACL at minimum. And if, if that being the case, you know, again, even for Ryan, there's a silver lining. I mean, you never want to be hurt. You never want to miss games. You certainly don't want to miss seasons. But if, you know, this injury occurred in December or in November, you'd have a hell of a lot less time to come back and play next year at full strength. So at minimum, he's going to be ready to go at the start of training camp next year, if not before. Um, and And again, the silver lining, I think, is that um, if it had to happen and, and it did happen. So if, if it did, you've got as much runway in terms of training camp practices, preseason games, all of that to, to look and evaluate Robert Hainsey um, and, and uh, Nick Leverett and those guys. And, and that's what you want to do. Now, all I hear about Hainsey, and again, he hasn't played but like 31 snaps uh, in this league. And he was converted from tackle to, you know, center. Um, but he's a very – the one thing you hear, and it's universal, whether you're talking to Harold Goodwin, whether you're talking to an offensive line coach and, and um, uh, you know, A.Q. Shipley, who worked with him out in Arizona all summer, universally, Todd Bowles has said this too, he apparently is one of the smartest guys on the team in terms of identifying defenses, like right now. Like he gets it, right? He has done a lot of film work. And the way A.Q. Shipley described it to me, he says, you know, in college, you walk up to the line of scrimmage, you look around, you point out the mic, you, you make the line calls. In, in the NFL, you break the huddle, you're walking to the line of scrimmage as you're pointing out, uh, you know, the various line calls and, and, and adjustments and defense fronts. But if you play for Tom Brady, as soon as you break the huddle and flip your head around, you better be calling out the defensive line and the line calls and, and, and the blocking assignments because Brady wants to know it like right now. He wants to make sure you're on the same page with him. Um, and, and so from what I understand, the mental aspect of it, and that's just a part, right? There's the physical part too. Hainsey apparently is is 100% with it. Like he totally gets it. Um, now, does that mean he can be Ryan Jensen? No, it's just one part of playing the position. Um, but he has, you know, worked hard on his technique. He's got to get out there and do it, and they're going to challenge him. You know, teams are going to come at him with double gap, you know, A-gap uh, a blitzes with linebackers. They're going to run stunts. They're going to ISO him with somebody. Like, they're going to do everything you can imagine, and imagine Dallas on September 11th trying to do all of that in week one against Tom Brady. So until, until he plays, you really don't know what you have until a guy's in the fire, and even then he has to come through it make adjustments, and get better as the season goes along. He's not going to be as good a center in week one as you hope he'll be in, in week eight and then again in week 17 and then again in the playoffs. So there will be growing pains. But there were for Ryan Jensen in Baltimore when he went from 
being a seventh round or sixth round pick to a practice squad player to a starter uh, in his third season. Um, you know, Hainsey's in his second season, so it's one year sooner. But I mean, I knew of Ryan Jensen, but I didn't know what kind of player he was till he got to Tampa. And even then, his first year, he spent leading the league in personal fouls. So there were, you know, there was an aspect of his game that wasn't good. I thought it was interesting that Hainsey said it's not enough just to replace him. He has to honor him. And the way he honors him is to go out there with the same kind of snarl or at least, you know, play beyond the whistle um, the way Jensen did, because that's what you're going to miss as much as anything is Jensen's a tone setter. You know, he's that guy on the offensive line that's going to bring the physicality and all of that. Well, I loved your story about him in the Sunday Times and um, little did I know that A.Q. Shipley would uh, have played a role in uh, perhaps Hainsey's mental development, just like you were talking about. Give that anecdote because that that was impressive to me. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, A.Q. AQ was was a, a player for, you know, Bruce Arians in a lot of different places, right? Pittsburgh, um, he was with the Steelers as a rookie. Uh, you know, he played uh, with the Cardinals for um, for Bruce as well. And I think in Indianapolis, I'm not sure I'd have to check on that. But he's been with Bruce in various places. And, you know, he he came up, you know, with, with a lot of veterans that, that helped him out. But when he came here as a backup a couple years ago, um, unfortunately for him, two years ago, he suffered a neck injury that immediately uh, ended his career. And so Bruce said, that's fine. Stay here, finish out the year, but I need you to help me coach. And then last year he put him on the staff. Last year he was one of the assistant offensive line coaches. So he was working with Hainsey who was drafted last year, almost from the get go in his transition from um, tackle to center. So he had the whole year to work with them. And then AQ decided that coaching wasn't for him. He goes, you know, I love football. I, I liked coaching a lot, but I didn't see my kids and I can't go that many. And this is typical of a lot of NFL players. Why they don't go into coaching is it's too many hours and you know, he's made plenty of money. So it's not like he has to coach uh, to make a living. So he was like, you know, I just couldn't do it. So he went back to Arizona, but what he figured out is I can do some coaching in the off season. And I, I offered for Hainsey to come out to Arizona and he's got this, apparently he's built this amazing gym behind his home out there. Um, and there's a football field nearby and he asked Hainsey if he would want to come out and train with them. And Hainsey's like, are you serious? Said, yeah. So, uh, within a couple of weeks after the end of the season, he went out there for five weeks, came back did the off season program with the bucks, um, did the OTAs and the mandatory mini camp with the bucks spent a couple days with his girlfriend and went back to Arizona again for another five weeks. So this guy, you know, was being drilled every single day and every single day, um, you know, AQ would have something different for Hainsey to work on something to improve his game. Um, they would watch film. They watched a lot of film of Ryan Jensen. Um, and then they would go to a football field at, at the high school and, and, you know, physically work on technique and steps and, all those things. So he has been well drilled and prepared for this season. Like, as he said, he goes, it's funny how things work out. You know, like I didn't anticipate having to be thrown into the fire this year, but I prepared as if I was going to be. And so, you know, the game to him has slowed down quite a bit. And I get why, you know, even some coaches might be, you know, sort of one eye closed because they, you don't know until you know. 
Um, you know, Bill Parcells always said, it's no point in talking about what kind of player you are. The league will tell you what kind of player you are and they will. Um, and so we'll all find out together, but for the people that get paid an awful lot of money to protect Tom Brady and remember this too, how many misses have the bucks had on the offensive line of late, right? Go back to Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. Marpet was out of Holbert College, a Division III school, for God's sakes. He turned out to be a pro bowler. Granted, he, he retired at age 28, which threw them all for a surprise. But, you know, as good a player as they've had at guard in a very long time, okay? Donovan Smith is a franchise left tackle. A lot of people don't think he's in the top 10 of, his, of, of, of the NFL. I absolutely believe that he is. I think he should have made the Pro Bowl last year with those other guys. But Donovan Smith, it's hard to find left tackles as durable as him. I, I don't think he's missed many plays, much less any games. And, you know, he, he's been a, a really solid player. Um, they drafted Alex Kappa, who became a starting right guard and, and signed with the Cincinnati Bengals with a big contract to leave as a free agent. Um, Tristan Wirfs, going to wear a gold jacket one day. I'm absolutely convinced of it. If he stays healthy, I mean, the dude gave up one sack as, as a, you know, as a rookie and made made all pro, not just pro bowl, but made all pro yes, uh, last year. Um, and so you can go down the line, of course, uh, you know, getting Jensen as a free agent was was one of those deals. So I, I just think that their track record of drafting offensive linemen is pretty damn good. So if you take a Robert Hainsey in the third round, which is not an insignificant round by any means, and, and he comes from Notre Dame, which is a, a huge – you know, high profile program where he played against elite talent. He was a starter for four years there. Um, you give him a year to make the transition. I would just say, give these guys the benefit of the doubt because they haven't taken too many swings and misses. Even their backups like Aaron Stinney, who had to go in and play for Alex Kappa in the Super Bowl year, played three playoff games in the Super Bowl and they didn't blink. You know, they didn't have any trouble executing with a new right guard who's now competing um, you know, for the starting job at left guard every day. So, you know, that's another part of this is, is that I think they have a pretty good uh, scouting department that's evaluating these offensive linemen, some of them like Kappa and like Marpet coming from tiny little schools, Colorado State Pueblo, for God's sakes, um, you know, and, and they still manage to find, you know, multi-year starters that have either gone on to Pro Bowls or um, gotten big free agent contracts. So I think they got the Notre Dame kid, right? It's not as if, you know, this is a reach trying to project what a guy from division three is going to do in the NFL, different position. I get all of that. Hasn't played. I get all of that, but they've got 40 something days to see if he can play. And I just think there's a panic, you know, among, among the bucks, Twitter and the brethren, um, they just need to keep a little bit of faith in it and let's see what happens. I mean, it could be that they get a week or two or three or two games into the preseason and go, oh, my God, we don't have a center, you know, and then they do something rash. I don't know. But at this point, I don't, I don't see it happening. I think the one thing that uh, panic, obviously not for me, but is, yeah. is just a natural little red flag is when you see, you know, potentially they could be going with, you know, one guy in their line that has any appreciable NFL yeah. experience for Tom Brady in his right. essentially this is it year, at least 
all indications point towards that. Or a lot of them do. So that's a yeah. concern. Of course, like you just said, they've got a great track record when it comes to the offensive line. Yeah. However, however that's the, that's the worry. And uh, I'm sure that they're yeah. aware of that they're aware of that people, I guess is your main point. You I know? mean, I imagine they're worried about protecting 12. <laughs> I imagine, you know, and in, inside is where the pressure comes and that's where you have to protect them the most. Cause he can see if somebody wins off the edge and throw the ball away. Um, I always say this, go back to that Washington game and see him take a big hit like the second play of the game. And it was the one game I thought that Brady didn't play his normal game because he was playing hot potato the rest of the day. He would not hold on to the ball long enough to get anything going down the field um, because he got hit and he got hit hard and he felt that one. And from the rest of the day, he didn't trust his protection or whatnot. Um, and he didn't play well and they wound up getting beat in that game, largely because I, I, I think the, the, that hit really jolted him. Look, he's going to be 45 on Wednesday. Um, he's not in this to, uh, you know, get his, his health uh, compromised for sure. You can see the reaction on film, the videotape that a fan took when it happens. He's got his hand on his knees. He drops his head. He knows what this means to him and for him. And so, you know, all I hope is that, you know, we don't go to one buck place one day or Spectrum, whatever it's called, Advent Healthcare Facility, and then we get a, you know, a, a three-line, you know, press release that says Tom Brady has decided to retire again after all. You know what I mean? Like one of those deals. Um, I don't see that happening. But yeah. it, it's unfortunate, and, uh, you know, the world will go on, and they'll, ha they'll have a center against Dallas. I think it'll be Robert Hainsey, but we'll see. Could be more injuries. Could be other guys moving over there from other positions. They'll figure it out. But is it ideal? No. Um, it, it, are there guys that grow on trees just waiting to come in and be an all-pro center? No, there's not. And even with J.C. Treader, who played in a zone blocking scheme, he, you know, you, you might allow that he's not a fit for this offense. You know, that what they did there uh, in that run game scheme for the Cleveland Browns is not what the Bucks do. And that's part of the evaluation, too. So we'll get to more Bucks uh, news here in just a second. But uh, I don't know if y'all been outside. Uh, it is boiling hot. It is getting hotter. And my AC is running 24-7. And I'm not looking forward to my electric bill. You won't be either. But I got a solution for both of us. It's called May Electric Solar. That's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, you know, in this field, you'll get solicitations all the time. A lot of fly-by-night companies, that's not May Electric Solar. They're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all kinds of its products and conducts on-site testing so you can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 to schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. So a couple other things uh, over the past week, and uh, we're going to have a chance to talk with Tom Brady today. He's finally uh, going to grace us with a press conference. I guess, you know, the first four days or so um, he did not, but um, he took the third day off, practiced on, I guess it was, uh, what, Saturday, took Sunday, or all off on, on Sunday, and then today 
uh, he will be speaking to the media. No time practice. for no time for fluff questions. I'm sure there's a limit to to how many you can get in today. Let me let me guess. First question. Um, Tom, are you comfortable not having Ryan Jensen? Is there a guy here that you would be okay with? That you know, or JC Treader from the uh, that's right. Tampa Bay. Uh, that's right. Uh-huh. Cle- Cleveland Browns. Um, maybe that'll happen, but I'm sure he'll be asked about Ryan and he'll have wonderful things to say about him. Um, there were other, uh, things that we wrote about that you can check out on tampabay.com and in the Tampa Bay times, Mike Evans talking about Julio Jones, who ironically or not coincidentally was somebody, a receiver that he studied more than probably anybody in the league. And the reason is simple. He played for Dirk Cutter. And if you recall when Jameis Winston was drafted here, which was, I think, the second year for Mike Evans, um, the offensive coordinator was Dirk Cutter, who had had Julio Jones in Atlanta in that offense. So when Evans was trying to learn the offense in the same position as Julio Jones, he watched a lot of tape. Of course, he competed against him. Jones is a Hall of Famer, uh, the quickest player of recent uh, times to get to 10,000 yards. Uh, Mike Evans will needs about 699 yards to get to 10,000 himself this year. Um, so both of them, uh, obviously Jones, I think, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Evans is building a resume that way. Uh, and so th- he's a big fan of his, obviously. And, and um, I, I think this is, you know, again, if, if, if the big if, right? If, if Julio can stay healthy, he's going to make a huge contribution, not just on the field, but in the red zone. And he's looked really, really good. He's been special out there and he doesn't know the offense. Um, so all of that has been uh, has been positive. One thing that was a surprise, you think about the receiver position, it's so competitive and special teams are going to play a big part of this because when you get down, you know who the top four are, right? Um, one of those, of course, not just Evans and Julio and Godwin, but Russell Gage. Russell Gage, Todd Bowles says, uh, they have not covered him in this training camp. He has been that effective running routes. Now that's a bad statement for the secondary, if you recall, what happened in the Rams game Rams game because they didn't cover Cooper Cup yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd like to see them start to cover receivers. But it's good news if if you're on the offensive side because now you've got a receiver that if Godwin is not ready can step in uh, and be that wide receiver too, runs terrific routes, catches the ball well, missed a lot of the offseason workouts um, with, with a uh, kind of banged up. And so he's really just kind of working his way into shape and getting more time with Brady, more time and more time and more time. That's what's needed who already has a lot of time with Brady. And I think this is a surprise. And the other day he was singled out first by Mike Evans and then by Todd Bowles. Uh, and when you think about this, this crowded receiver room with all those guys, plus Rashard Perriman, Scotty Miller, um, Cyril Grayson, uh, you know, you, uh, J- Jalen Darden right down the line. The one guy that seemed to be an odd man out would be Tyler Johnson. Cause he's not a special teams player. Uh, he hasn't exactly uh, distinguished himself since he was drafted. Uh, out of Minnesota a couple years ago. He's been actually knocked for uh, last year, coming into camp out of shape. He was slow, uh, had to work himself into it. Uh, Not so this year. Uh, Maybe just the the numbers or the fact that he knows what he's up against competition-wise. Tyler Johnson, they say, has come into this camp in his best shape that he's ever been in, at least since he signed with the Bucs. And more importantly, he's got the offense down. He is playing fast. It's his third year in the system. Um, you know, he is on it, as they say, and he's making plays out there. They had one drop the other day, uh, but a couple of touchdown catches. And uh, that's somebody that when players single out guys like they did, uh, Russell Gage, like Bowles did, and, and, and Mike Evans, 
um, singling out Tyler Johnson and Bowles talking about him. That that tells you that that you know he he's come to camp um, and with the right attitude and making plays right away. Now pads go on today, and and I've always said this: whatever happens in shorts really isn't football, right? It's the underwear Olympics. You can't tackle a guy. He's not afraid of getting hit, even thumped, right? At least when you have pads on, you don't want to take guys to the ground. But there is a physicality to it that you know you might get thumped over the middle of the field by a safety, and may even come off your feet uh, once in a while. But there's no fear of that right now. So when the pads come on, we'll see if Tyler Johnson is still uh, as effective catching the ball and running routes and those kinds of things. Uh, but for right now, it's a really good sign because he's not a guy that that I've sort of considered in the mix. And now you have to consider him in the mix with everybody else. So it's going to be a really crazy uh, couple of weeks to try to figure out who's going to get those last couple jobs. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, the Rays, meanwhile, their post-All-Star uh, performance has not exactly been up to speed. They're now 3-7 and seven since the All-Star break, which is uh, the opposite direction of where they want to uh, head. I think they're third in the wild-card race now, if I'm not mistaken, just a couple games ahead of Cleveland, which beat them two out of three over the weekend. On Sunday, it was a little surprising, although I knew it was going to happen, and I'm not a gambling man, but if I was, I could have I, I probably – made a little bit of money. Shane, McClan- uh, Shane McClanahan got knocked around a little bit. Now I say knocked around, some of these hits came off the bat at 79 miles an hour and everything fell in. Uh, conversely, the buck, uh, the Bucks, the Rays hit a bunch of hard, hard uh, baseballs all over the field that were run down uh, in one form or another. Uh, so it didn't work out for them and they, they lose to Cleveland. Um, you know, it, it was probably one of the worst outings, um, at least numbers wise that McClanahan has had. Kevin Cash, thought about taking him out after three innings um, yeah, because that. he just just felt like he didn't he didn't have his stuff he's and, and this is what bothered me about what he said after the game you know what he said his velocity was down I want to hear anything but that I never want to hear about a guy's velocity being down because that says to me dead arm which is a possibility right or something structural that's going on that we don't know yet right um, so I don't want to hear about the lack of velocity, but all his pitches were just kind of off. And the thing about Cleveland, the Guardians, is that that lineup, you know, Clanahan's a swing and miss guy, period. He gives up the occasional home run, but he's got swing and miss stuff. Yeah, uh, Cleveland, they don't strike out much, if at all. And so they put the ball in play, and a lot of their hits, like I said, found holes, and uh, they managed to to tag him with, uh, with the loss and one of his worst – I wouldn't say worse outings than he gave up five runs, but one of the one of the lesser outings of his of his uh, of his season. So, um, not going well for the Rays. They did pick up an extra bat though o- over the weekend, so that that might actually come to fruition at some point. Well, the thing is, they're going to have to not make up some huge shakeup on the offense. But the trade deadline is Tuesday, and this is actually mm-hmm. a pretty good move. David Peralta is a veteran guy. He's yep. only going to go against righties. He's a lefty, played for Arizona, snuck into Atlanta. Now he's just for this season. He's 35 years older. He will be 35 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But 
But listen, uh, they've got to punch up the light, the lineup a little bit. Um, yep. And <laughs> we can talk about Shane McClanahan giving up a handful of runs, but the fact is the, the offense just has been miserable. I'll take a little bit. I'll shoulder a little bit of the blame. I think they've won one game since I've started to uh, fill in for Steve Versnick when we Oof. took over. You mentioned dropping to third in the wild card. They were definitely in that number one spot. Not yeah, anymore. You're but right. Here's the thing, and there was a good article, I think, column by Romano about how, in general, if they can just get through August, they are going to get so many arms back. They're going to get so many bats back. Yeah. And the fact is, they are not that far out of the first wild card. Uh, right. They, they still have a game and a half cushion, should be two and a half, but it's a game and a half uh, ahead of Cleveland. And as long as they can stay in that mix in the next month, Yes, you want to turn it on in September and try and grab that first wild card because that's the only one of the three that will get to host uh, right. a playoff series, and I think that's a big deal. Uh, and they are still in that mix. So it, it's not good right now, um, but they are going to get pieces back. I wouldn't be surprised if they had another veteran somewhere, maybe a DH sort uh, on Tuesday, but they're not going to go crazy at the trade deadline. I, I think it's it's just easy to panic. And listen, they they – they were able to, you know, win one game on Saturday, probably not by coincidence. They were really loose. I guess the big giveaway was an old school Devil Rays basketball jersey that was that was uh, something, wasn't it? Worn by Brett Phillips like when he was four years old, and I don't even know if anyone still ha- actually has until Saturday a Devil Rays basketball jersey, but they were like talking about hoops and who would be their starting five and all this kind of fun stuff and Sure enough, uh, he had a big hit and yeah. everything went well. But uh, they they're going to have to uh, try and stay loose because yeah, uh, the teams are kind of getting a little bit jumbled in that wild card mix. But I don't I don't think it's some drastic situation. I, and I know it doesn't look good now, and people are going to want to say, "Oh man, they're they're sliding out of the race." No, their 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 injuries are finally catching up to them, and uh, hopefully they start to get healthy. Baseball is fun, but not for Josh Lowe, who got sent down because um, they don't have any options options on Brett Phillips. So that's one reason he's still here. Um, but Lowe, who you know took the fly ball off the face the other day, <laughs> is if 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 you would do anything, you'd say to Josh, Josh. And the thing is, he's been swinging a better bat. I mean, he's actually he's actually been pretty pretty hot of late. But you would say, listen, um, we've got to do this because we don't have options on some of the other guys we do with you, but if you do nothing else, go down there and work on your defense. Go down there and learn how to play the outfield. You know, um, anything you can do to shore that up, because I think that's that's, and he and he's a, you know he's a good athlete. He can run. He's he's kind of a long strider and that sort of thing. So I think he can do it. Um, but man, did he struggle with the glove uh, while he was up here? And of course, you know that one play just looks so bad that's going to be on his resume until he outplays it. But um, yeah, it's unfortunate. So they lose a, a pretty good bat that was coming around, but, uh, they hope they, they help themselves at least uh, from the right-handed side. It's tough to be traded. You know, I mean, you know, guys have to settle in. They got to adjust. Um, it's, you know, you're, you're in Arizona one day and that's been your team for years and years. And the next thing you know, you're in Tampa Bay, you're in a pennant race, which is good. Um, but then all of a sudden you're meeting all new teammates and things. So it might take a little while um, for that to pan out. I'm wondering if, you know, going back down to AAA, if there is some brave soul on the uh, Durham Bulls roster that cracks the joke about the uh, <laughs> Shiner. How'd you get that Shiner? Or <laughs> That's right. Probably yeah, exactly. not. Hey, I do exactly. want to say one thing. Uh, I, I guess Joey was writing the articles and 
I'm certainly not picking on Joey. I love Joey Johnston, believe me. But I want to, you know, you know, you you know me. I'm like anti-cliche guy, and yeah. see if this is the one that gets you or not. I love the fact, of course, that it looks like, and this was great intel by Joey, that Corey Kluber worked on his breaking ball a lot. And what do you know? He had his best breaker of the year and struck out 10. And that was the the best thing about the pitching, of course, this weekend. But uh, he gave up a three-run homer. And in the story, Joey said that was his only mistake of the day. You notice how <laughs> someone will give up a home run. They'll say, yeah, they, they hit my only mistake. Are you sure there wasn't maybe another mistake or two or three in there that you just got away with? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if everybody you... only hit your mistake, then it would, yeah, <laughs> you'd be, you, everybody, you'd win the Cy Young, Young every year. I was I supposed mean. to hit the corner with that one. I threw it right down the middle, but the guy missed it. Mm-hmm. Technically, that was a mistake, too, but uh, it, it wasn't your only mistake. I've always thought that to be a, a, a curious um uh, statement, but the point is, Kluber was great for them, and you know why not with the former Indian uh, beating? Oh, well, Indian, sorry, Guardian. Oops. Guardian. Former, you former can't Gu- spell Guardian without Indian, though. So. Guardian, or uh, most of it, anyway. Guarding, guarding the, guarding barely the Rays' uh, wild card lead as far as the third spot. Now, by the way, they're just a half game, I believe, out of that second spot. They've slid three behind Toronto. I think they're two and a half ahead of Cleveland for third, if I'm not mistaken, but they're still, they've got to get going. I mean, you you know, you got to get going. I mean, and here's the other, the, sorry to interrupt, no, but the, the other thing that that's actually mo- most important about, again, getting to September uh, makes it sound like, okay, maybe easier said than done, but of their 27 August games, 20 are against teams that are below 500. So it's possible. It's possible. And like, and, and the deals, you don't have to make free agent deals when you get guys like Wonder Franco back. That's a pretty good free agent deal of its own. And then that's what they're going to need is to get some of these guys healthy and playing. And, you know, we've seen um, Brandon Lau start to swing a hot bat or hotter bat. Um, you know, there, there are guys up and down the lineup that are doing okay, but they're just not putting together any offense at all. And it really doesn't matter how, how well you pitch when you're scoring two or three runs a game. They just have not hit the ball, and there's a reason for that. These are not guys that they plan on playing every day in the lineup, and they've got four or five or six guys that uh, typically wouldn't be in that role, but they have to be now because they have so many injuries. There was some good news for a Tampa Bay sports team. The Tampa Bay Rowdies are suddenly hot. Yeah, yeah, got to mention them in a, a big match coming up, two down the line, but they won again. They went on the road. A couple interesting things have been happening with this team. They won six in a row. Yeah. And I think they've only dropped one of their last dozen. Wow. Some ties obviously mixed in there. But they are one point out of the lead in the conference. And the team that uh, is a, a point ahead of them is, is has basically become uh, their nemesis in the East, Louisville City. And they actually play them in Louisville in a couple of weeks. So they've gotten themselves into position as we're, I think with just 10 matches left in the regular season where they were kind of on the cut line for maybe not being in the playoffs to, they basically locked that up. They're in great shape to host a playoff uh, game or two in the format this year, though, there's seven teams that get in. So that number one seed in addition to, you know, getting to host the entire conference every round up until the finals, the number one seed gets a bye in the first round, which is no small thing. So That's huge, yeah. they, they put themselves into that position. And the interesting things that have happened is they've done it with consistently getting defensive players hurt. They've had to make a couple of mid season signings and, you know, Se- Sebastian Quinzati, who's 
still trying to get that tying the franchise record for most most goals. He missed a couple of penalty shots early this year, penalty kick takes. So Leo Fernandez has become the penalty kick guy and he scored. He's now their leading scorer. And, and these different things have happened that maybe could have set them back, but they haven't. So no. uh, they, they just keep on winning. It shows you the depth. <laughs> it's an unbelievably deep roster that they've cultivated. Neil Collins, the head coach, and they're really rolling along. They are at home this upcoming weekend against Detroit, then the big one again at Louisville. So they're gearing up for another, you know, long run in the playoffs you look at what's going on right now and them losing last year again they got past louisville in the conference they got to host the championship and they just made a bunch of mistakes in the championship game against orange county and lost orange county is in last place in the entire league it just shows you how consistent the rowdies are and hopefully they actually get a uh, championship out of it this year they're they're heading in that direction again it's a great product. I, I, I have not seen them play, and I admit that because I'm up here in Lutz you're, and too busy, busy. covering football. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, good friends of mine, uh, Sydney and Hunter, um, who live in St. Pete, um, actually they live kind of off of Gandy, but um, my point is this. They're season ticket holders. She played college soccer. Mm-hmm. They tell me that that is as good a time as you can have anywhere, and they've been to the Bucks and the Rays and, you know, and, and the Lightning, and they love all that. I agree. But they absolutely just love, love going to those games um, down there on the Bayfront and watching the Rowdies play. Just love it. It's a beautiful setup. The The fans are great. The product is suited towards the fans. I mean, they, they, yeah. they just and, – and, and remember, whenever they're at home, it's usually against a team that is just – shriveling up because of the, the weather yeah. conditions <laughs> yeah the only exception is miami that's the only team that can even think about you know, dealing with the conditions that we're used to here on a regular basis so it, it, they generally win at home and that's another big part of it so yeah we're definitely keeping deal. an eye on them and they'll uh this is the longest season they've had in a while due to COVID a couple of years ago and they've really extended it out it's i think it's a six month regular season so there's still Jeez. another i believe two full months but you know, keep an eye on them as well because they're they're getting stuff done. It's not getting cooler outside. Um, and let's see. Oh, uh, before we go, um, a sad news. Uh, I always feel like Chris Brim. Eh, some sad news. We'll wrap up the show. Um, Bill Russell has passed away. One of the, the greatest, of course, NBA players of all time. Would you say, Derek, greatest champion in mm-hmm. a team sport, right? He won 11, 11 NBA titles. Some I had forgotten. I'd forgotten the coaching part, honestly. I didn't. I didn't yeah. think of him that way, right? And right. I mean, he 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 won two NCAA championships with San Francisco, the San other Francisco, USF. That's right. That's so right, I mean, other, yeah, there yeah, as a champion, and in many ways, uh, just if, if if anyone has any negative feelings against Bill Russell, they could have only come from playing against him on the basketball court. Exactly. That's the kind of person he is. He's a great guy and, and uh, did everything, did broadcasting, did all kinds of stuff when I, when I was growing up, I didn't watch him play obviously, but, um, but you think about Tom Brady, right? The, the, the guy that's won seven Super Bowl rings, trying to win eight, the Lord of the Rings. Well, this guy won 11. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, so what yeah. What do you uh, do with that 11th ring? I have no idea. No idea. Well, I don't want to think about it. I guess I, I don't know. You know, I got 10 fingers, I guess. Pinky ring, so, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, um, that's a pinky, pinky toe is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We're going to have a busy week. Obviously, the Bucks are back at it today. We'll have a chance to talk to Tom Brady 
One, Thomas Brady will be talking uh, to the media afterwards. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say about his center situation, Ryan uh, Jensen being out, and uh, whether or not he thinks he can still win a Super Bowl. It's just that simple. Of course, he's got Julio Jones and a bunch of other guys that have joined him. Don't so forget we'll talk to ask to about Brady. the baby powder. I mean, that's going to be um, huge. <laughs> it's a growth. It's you know, it's so uncomfortable. Listen. I was watching Hainsey, and it's and you know Jensen. The first conversation they ever had, Brady called him right after he signed from New England, uh, and he called Jensen, and and immediately he started talking about how he's obsessive about a dry football, which makes sense. You're a quarterback; you want to throw a dry football, but you know centers, in particular, any 300 pound guy is prone to have lots of lots of sweat, and uh, you know if, in certain areas you want to stay dry and it's difficult to do in the national football league. So he mandates that one, you don't wear a glove, which is kind of, you know, counterintuitive. You would think, well, well wait a minute, if you got a glove that would keep, no, doesn't want the glove on uh, the glove can get wet. It gets wet. You touch the ball, the ball's wet. So no glove. So, I see that. and then it's a, then it's a function of massive. And I mean, massive amounts of baby powder down your backside and then double hmm. folding a towel I'm telling you, when you see this, when you see these centers for the Bucks walk around out here, like I don't know how they move. I mean, try it one day. You know, take take a towel, fold it over, and then, you know, put it. Where are we behind where are we you. putting it? Where are we putting it? Well, we're putting it behind us in our in our belt buckle down there, and and gotcha. um, you're going to be very uncomfortable, and there's no way around it. And then you have to do that six or seven times a game so that, you know, Tom can have nice dry hands for the day. <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense that he would want those, but he's very particular. And like I said, they have massive amounts of baby powder. Enough of that talk. We're going to have, uh, I, I hope, and I haven't uh, talked to him yet, but I'm hoping that we'll have a chance maybe to talk to Matt Baker about college football this week as that's getting closer and closer as well. Of course, more USF talk with uh, Derek during the week uh, and just, you know, lots of bucks, rays, all of that. Uh, we'll have it for you all week on Sports Day Tampa Bay. One more reminder, call our friends at May Electric Solar. They've been in business for 12 years. Uh, they've got a Hudson showroom that can show you uh, all their products and they conduct on-site testing. Um, you get a 30-year labor and service warranty, $750 worth of service protection. Folks, what else do you want? Save your electric bill. Start doing it today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. That's 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. For Derek Sharp, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 